Previously on Sammy Magic. And Sammy watched as each of the Ginger family crossed into that pillar and out on the other side where they found themselves in front of the Wizard Harbor bullet train. Well, bud, I guess it's me and you now. Greg looks at Sammy with a smile and the two clasp hands and rush towards that pillar and then find themselves falling back to the earth, crashing to it. I wanted to do what his parents would do. It's not your job to uphold their legacy. It's his. And with a turn and a swish of her wand, Derby opens that portal back up to platform six and nine-tenths or whatever. And Sammy and Greg scramble to their feet, get their books together, and rush through to quickly board the Wizard Harvard bullet train before it departs. You know you just ended his life by letting him go. And you would have ended his life by making him stay. Sammy and Greg rush out onto platform 52 and 3 ninths, or whatever I said last time, and begin rushing for the Wizard Harvard bullet train. So who was that lady anyways? Oh, that's my dad's girlfriend, elf, partner. I don't know the correct terms, but I... Oh, no. That interruption to Sammy's thought process was a result of the fact that as the two looked up, they saw the bullet train pulling out of the station and rushing for Wizard Harvard, leaving them behind. Our heroes picked up a mad pace, jumping onto the tracks themselves, and began running after the train with everything they had. They grabbed their bags and launched them through the air, where they safely landed onto the train itself, but unfortunately, our heroes were not as lucky. They couldn't catch up to the train, no matter how fast their pace went, until Greg had an idea. Okay, I saw a movie the other day, and I think I know how we can catch up. Do you know what skitching is? No, Sammy remarked with fear as Greg pulled out his brand new broomstick and put it betwixt his legs, pulling Sammy on top of it. And with a quick lightning-like dash, they rushed towards the train, grabbing onto the back of it. Now any fan of Marty McFly will know this allows you to gain excessive speeds. And after just a few minutes, our heroes begin to become bombarded with the watchful eyes of all of the students on board who were staring out in both surprise and adulation as they watched our heroes quickly catch up to the train. As they watched our heroes hang on to the back of the train with all of their strength and begin propelled faster and faster, the bullet train earned its name for a reason, and our heroes were sustaining speeds of up to 100 miles per hour, but they didn't care. All they knew is that school was coming soon, and they had to be there. After a few miles of riding like that on the back of the train, each of the students screaming down at them in victory, They finally decided to get a little bit more egotistical. They let go of the back of the train and let their momentum carry them forward where they would wave to all of their various classmates on the inside. They passed by bad boy Barry Snakeman, who had been bragging to everyone on board about the fact that Sammy Magic was so terrified of him that he refused to come back to the school. And when he saw Sammy on the outside riding alongside on a broomstick, 
He nearly doubled over and began unleashing a swirl of expletives at the window that luckily, because this is a PG show, could not be heard on the outside of that window. Our heroes continued down the train past several other students they remembered from their first year and some new arrivals to the school, including Greg's sister, Gina, who cheered her brother on as he soared down the train. They continued waving and saluting at their various students who would all laugh or applaud or, in the case of Sad Tommy, pass out because that's kind of Sad Tommy's whole thing. Eventually, they found who they were looking for, none other than their old associate, Harmony Smarts, who, in true Harmony fashion, was nose-deep in a book. In fact, it wasn't until Greg managed to get close enough to the train to knock on the window that she finally looked up and immediately stared at our heroes in horror. Our heroes both responded with a hearty laugh, but she wouldn't relent her screaming. She wouldn't relent And eventually our heroes realized why as they were inching closer and closer towards a tunnel. Well, the train was going towards the tunnel. Our heroes were on a collision course with the brick wall right next to that tunnel. They quickly decreased their speed before they could finally grab on to the back of the train, skitching behind it as they had been wont to do, but unfortunately their grip began to loosen. In fact, despite everything he had, Greg was holding on by only one single finger. And the train was picking up speed, getting faster and faster. Greg stared as the knuckle of his finger began to go white, losing all of the blood flow from it. But luckily, our heroes had almost reached their destination. There they could see it on the horizon, Wizard Harvard. But before the train could pull into the station, it had one last turn to make. And as it made that turn... Greg's fingers betrayed him, and it sent Greg and Sammy soaring through the air, unable to control the broomstick, and colliding straight into a massive tree. They both stared at each other with laughter, looking down at the broomstick that was now snapped underneath them. At this point, Greg no longer cared if his things were broken. It was basically a weekly occurrence for him. But then things began to seem wrong. In fact, the entire tree itself began to shake and shiver, and suddenly the branch that they were on began to soar through the air and collide with a branch near it. Sammy and Greg were both jumping from tree limb to tree limb, avoiding the movements of this massive tree that soared to the sky outside of Wizard Harvard. They continued their quest down the tree, jumping from limb to limb until eventually... One massive bough of that tree comes crashing against them, sending them to the earth below where they landed in a massive heap. Oh my god, I am so sorry. Oh no, you're students. Oh, they are going to cut me down and make me into firewood. I guarantee it. A voice soared through their heads, but they couldn't see from where. They peered around the tree, but saw no one. They looked up to Wizard Harvard and saw no one standing in any of the doorways, but yet the voice continued. Okay, uh, look, I've got money. If you want money, I I could give it to you. I I just, I can't have anyone know I tried to attack a student. I I thought you were like a missile or something coming for the school. I I did what I had to do. I plucked you out of midair. Who's talking? Greg interrupted the voice, which suddenly silenced itself. 
And then our heroes realized where the voice was coming from. It was coming from the tree, standing right in front of them. Oh, um, hi. I'm, um, I'm a tree. My name is Ivy. Pronouns are they, them. I am, uh, I'm a protector, you could say, of the school. That's, that's why Grumblebum put me here, to protect the school, protect the students from, you know, any sort of evil wizard or dark magic. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Sammy interrupts. Your job is to protect us from evil wizards. Well, yes, that's why I was planted here. I, I've i got these big limbs, and I, I punch them with them. Yes, but you see, last year there was, I don't know if you know, a whole lot of evil wizard stuff going on, and I didn't see you interfere with any of that. Well, I mean, I guess he, he may have come in in the, uh, the West Wing. I mean, I am a tree. I can't really move around. That, that's the real problem here. I see. So if if the evil if the evil wizard happened to be say 10 feet away, like right over there, that would be a problem. Well, yes, like I said, I I can't really grow that much. I've pretty much reached my maximum size. But um I am here if you ever need some shade, if you ever need someone to, you know, lay under and read a nice book. I'm I'm here. I'm here to protect all the students no matter what. So what exactly have you done? Greg comments. Well, I've, um, I've talked it out with a few of them. I mean, we've had some students have some very, very rough times. I, I'm mostly here for, you know, the outcasts, the misfits, the, the ones who seem a little off their game. I, I mean, I know all of you are in the same school and you're all supposed to be friends, but you know... Sometimes kids can be mean, and it's important to have someone to talk to in those cases where things go off the rails, and that's why I'm here. Uh, Grumblebum put me here as, as a safe space for all of you students. That's good to hear, Ivy. Sammy walked closer to Ivy's trunk, seeing carvings written inside them. Things like Rude Boys Rule or J.K. Hart's H.P., various ridiculous pieces of media written there, and Sammy couldn't help but gawk. Doesn't it hurt when they do this to you? Well, yes, but uh, it's okay. When people carve stuff in me, it's usually... For something they care about. I mean, I know you don't exactly like the Rude Boys, but they have so much spirit. And they have so much pride in their house that they want to declare it by tattooing it on me permanently. I'm here for people to have a voice. I am here for people to let themselves be known. Let their true selves be known. And if that requires pulling out a knife and, you know carving into me a little bit that's that's fine with me I, I just want people to feel safe and i want people to be themselves so that's why i'm here i i can't fight evil wizards no matter how much Grumblebum thought i could so instead i decided to dedicate my life to you guys and making sure you feel good sammy and greg stared up at this tall bizarre 
asexual, non-binary tree for quite a few moments until from behind them they heard a voice. Well, well, well. They turn around with a gasp to discover Alan Rickman standing right there behind them. I have been waiting for this day for a very long time. Samuel, Greg, to the principal's office. Rickman grabs the two heroes by the scruff of their necks and leads them into the school. Hey, we'll see you around, Ivy, Greg calls up to the massive tree. Oh yeah, I'll be making some tea later if you want to come by and have some. It'll be delicious. Oh, that actually sounds pretty good, Greg comments as Sammy stares at the ground, nervous. I mean, he just got back to school and he's already in trouble. On their way to Grumblebum's office, they pass by the sorting ceremony, where they hear the sorting fedora announce that Gina Ginger will be a Lionheart this year. This sentiment causes Sammy to cut a small grin, while Greg stares forward, worried about his sister being placed into such a rough-and-tumble house as Lionheart. Eventually, they finally arrive in the offices of Grumblebum, where none other than Professor Kitty Cat is waiting for them. So, you two thought that it would be fun to use your magic off of school premises... Premises? Premises. Premisi. I don't know. Whatever. To, let me see here, I believe the term is sketch behind the back of a train. Is that correct? Um, that's correct, Sammy responds. And then you found yourselves talking to a magical tree and decided that was better than attending the sorting ceremony, is that correct? Yeah, Greg responds. Well, unfortunately, that does mean Lionheart is going to begin this year in the negative. I'm going to be taking away 15 points for using magic off of school grounds, and I'm going to be taking off an additional 25 due to the fact that you will be late to tonight's grand feast. Wait a minute, Greg comments, raising an eyebrow. I'm fairly sure I read in one of our books that a wizard is never late, nor are they early. They arrive precisely when they're meant to. Yeah, no, that makes no sense, Kitty Cat responds. I mean, I I was late getting here today. My car wasn't starting. Like, it's, it's, it's easy for us to be late. We're still just people. Okay, Greg responds, sighing. In addition, both of you will be required to clean the lunchroom post-feast. And believe me, that is not an easy feat. And? Rickman comments. What do you mean, and? They made it to school. They're safe. They've apparently made a new friend who's a tree. I've taken away 35 points, I believe. I've totally forgotten what numbers I said. And they have to clean the lunch hall. I think that's fair enough. But don't they need to be, like, expelled? No! What? Why? They made it to school. They're fine. Well, can't we, like, suspend them or something? No, what's wrong with you? Get out of here! Go to the Great Hall. You're in charge of soup tonight. Go make it. I hate soup duty, Rickman comments as he leaves with a sigh. (sighs) Real downer that guy is, isn't he? Kitty Cat comments with a smile that warms up both of our heroes' hearts. Look, I understand. You want to be here and you want to study. That's all what happened today showed me. 
In my opinion, it doesn't matter how you get to the destination as long as you get there. But some of these people don't agree with that. So be more careful in the future, okay? Okay. Greg responds, ruining the moment with his New Jersey accent, as the trio go off to the Great Hall to participate in the massive feast. And then that evening, Sammy and Greg realized how much of a punishment it truly was to have to clean the Great Hall. Every single wall was covered in ketchup. I don't know how they did it, but it was an absolute mess that took them till nearly midnight to finish up. But as they did, they couldn't help but feel a sense of joy at what they had done that day. Couldn't help but feel a sense of destiny that they needed to be there at Wizard Harvard. No matter how much Derby tried, no matter how much destiny tried, Sammy Magic couldn't be kept away from Wizard Harvard. And as he sat there with a slop bucket full of soap, water, and ketchup, Sammy looked up and smiled. You know, I think I've seen that Derby woman somewhere before. Greg comments, looking over at Sammy. What do you mean? Where? I'm sure it doesn't matter. We'll talk about it later. Thank you for listening to the mini adventures of Sammy Magic, produced by the BS Network and performed by Scotty Moore. Many thanks to Orion Ibert of the Lavender Lemonade Collective for our album art, and massive thanks to Umbria for the use of their music. This week's sorting ceremony will be performed for the lovely Caroline Minx, creator of the podcast Seen and Not Heard, that you definitely need to listen to. Handle Carolyn, I must say, Caroline, Caro, Caro Corn Syrup, you're sweet, you're nice, you're good at being a friend. Your kindness is not unrecognized by the world around you, and any support that you get is returned tenfold. You care for your friends, you love them, and also you watch a hell of a lot of Fleabag. Which means that obviously, Caroline, I will put you in the Soft Squad. Now, if you would like to have your own sorting ceremony, you can, of course, get it by donating at patreon.com slash a load of BS, or just pick up you some Sammy Magic merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com and send a picture of you rocking it, wearing it, doing whatever to us on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That is S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And as always, remember The Many Adventures of Sammy Magic is a work of complete and total parody, which means you can't sue me.